Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Collecting Comics, the show where we talk about comics and how to collect them. My name's Sean, and today we're going to be talking about grading comics. But first, we would like to thank our friends over at Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring this episode of Collecting Comics. So when you talk about collecting comics, uh, there's only a couple of reasons why you should get a book graded. One is it's an older book. You want to preserve it. Um, it might have some imperfections on it, and that's okay. Uh, but the older these books get, the less likely they are going to survive throughout time. Uh, with the example of this Avengers number three book, um, it's it's very old. So you really want to uh, take care of it. It would. Uh, this would be a good example of a raw book, a book that's not graded, uh, to qualify for getting something graded. Um, another example would be like the Silver Surfer uh, number 44. That's the first appearance of the Infinity Gauntlet. So it's important in the history of comics. So if it's a nostalgic book to you or if you're a fan of Thanos or the Surfer or the Infinity Gauntlet, then this would be a good book for you to think about getting graded. Another example of um, some decent books to, uh, to get graded is, uh, for example, the Nova, uh, Nova number one. That's the first appearance of Richard Ryder and She-Hulk number one, which is the first appearance of She-Hulk. Um, because the MCU is so popular, a lot of times as you get closer to the uh, to the movie, these books tend to go up in value. And right about when the movie premieres, it it kind of fluctuates good or bad uh, just due to the popularity of the movie. As this as these movies get closer to production, as these movies get closer to the release dates, you'll start seeing the prices of these books going up. Not to mention these are some older books. and um, they they really will appreciate throughout time and you're going to protect your investment of buying these books if you get it graded. The second reason I kind of think about grading a book is to uh, eventually maybe flip. There's a group of collectors out there who tend to uh, purchase these same books that I've just talked about, the Nova, uh, the first appearance of Richard Ryer, the first appearance of She-Hulk, first appearance of Fiddity Gauntlet, things like that. So that when these movies do come out, they get it graded. They put it the best. Uh, they try to get it the best uh, grade that they can, and, uh, it, and from there, it's a waiting game. Because again, as you get closer to those movies, it kind of fluctuates up and down, and uh, depending on how well the movie is, the, the book might go higher, lower. Just kind of depends. Um, there are a few different grading entities, and. One of those entities is uh, CGC. It's the most popular of the grading entities right now. Uh, another company is CBCS. I'd probably put them at like a, a second tier if you were to get something graded. And the reason that is is because they do verification of unwitnessed books. So in the case of CGC, you have to have somebody who is CGC certified witness uh, the book that you have as it's getting signed by the artist, by the the um, creator, the the writer, uh, some sometimes you might get a celebrity to sign uh, the book. And if 
at CGC, if they are not there at the time of the book getting witnessed, then they will not they will not uh, uh, certify that as signature series, which we'll we'll see an example of in a little bit. The last uh, entity that that grades is PGX. They're typically not used very often. Uh, just they're just a different option. Uh, everybody or between those three um, companies, they kind of have their own rules, regulations, but they're all on a ten point grading scale. So uh, comic books are graded from a uh, on a ten point grading scale, uh, ten being the best. And when you start looking at a graded book, you'll see a few different things. So. In the top left corner, that's where you're going to see the grade. In the case of this Incredible Hulk issue number 271, this one was graded at a four, uh, 9.4. So basically, it got uh, about six points knocked off of it because of different imperfections that are coming the uh, that were that were um, done to the book. And those imperfections could be creases, they can be spine ticks, they can be uh, the coloring of the paper and uh, basically what they'll do is they'll evaluate the book and uh, look for all these imperfections and they'll, they'll assign it a grade. Um, all three of these companies use the blue label as a universal grading tool for uh, books that have not been altered. And we'll go into that more in a little bit, but if you just have a typical book, it's not getting signed and it uh, has a blue tag, you're in a good spot because that means your book had no alterations done to it, maybe besides a few uh, damages that the book gained along the way. And in the case of this Incredible Hulk book, uh, being as old as it is, it can uh, get a lot of damage done to it over time. So if you look over into the bottom, the bottom right corner of the uh, top of the CGC slab, you're going to see a description of of what's important about the book. So in the case of this Incredible Hulk book, it's the first comic book appearance of uh, of Rocket Raccoon. And we talked about Rocket Raccoon a little bit in a previous episode when we went through my collection. But this is where they're going to say death of this character or the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon, the second appearance, the first full appearance. And it's going to give a description to the significance of the book. The other cool thing that they do is they date it. So they or they they take the date of the book and they apply it to the the description here. Um, another thing they do is they put the barcode and that's for the CGC census. So you could take the barcode and you could go to CGC's website and if if it pulls up, it means that it is a true CGC. A, a certified book that it got graded at the the points that it's at and uh if you find a book maybe like on ebay that you're wanting to uh purchase this would be a great way for you to authenticate the book yourself and make sure that it is a true cgc book um next to the uh the grade itself you'll see a description of who the artist was who the author was um, and anybody else that had maybe penciled or, or sketched something to the book. And that's where they give the credit to um, those people. 
We don't have a picture of it right here, but if you turn it around, sometimes depending on when you got the book graded, it'll give a better description as to uh, the imperfections. Sometimes they do it. Sometimes they don't. I don't really know uh, under what conditions they decide to put that on. But um, what you will see on the back is in the, one of the corners, it'll say white pages, off-white pages, uh, uh, yellowed pages, cream-colored pages. And that just kind of gives a better description as to the integrity of the book and how it was taken care of throughout the years. So another, another um, example of a CGC book is the CGC Signature Series. And we were talking about getting books signed a minute ago, and that's where this comes in. So in the example of this alias number one, which is the first appearance of Jessica Jones, it is actually signed by the writer and the artist, uh, Brian Michael Bendis being the, um, the writer and David Mack being the artist. And the, the reason why this qualifies as signature series is because a certified witnesser of CGC was present when this book got signed. And that is how it's able to qualify for its yellow tag that you see. Everything else is the same. You still get the grade on the corner where it says 9.2. So this, uh, so there's enough imperfections to knock it off about eight points. You still get the description where it would say the first appearance of Jessica Jones and who the artists, who the writers were, the pencilers, the uh, sketchers, whoever was a uh, part of this book. The cool thing that they do though is um, on the tag itself, on the label itself, they put when the book got signed. So it actually kind of it gives it helps you out as a collector, and it also helps out someone who um, is maybe trying to purchase this book as well. That it gives the date of when it got signed. Um, there are some instances where you can take these books to like a, a comic book dealer and they'll crack the slab for you, uh, pull the book out, but you, and maybe you want to get somebody else to sign it. And uh, then you have, to, you have to keep the slab so that CGC knows that you did it, and it will give, it will give them an opportunity to also add that extra signature to, um, to the label. In this case, you only, uh, I only got this, uh, I got this signed at one event where both the artist and Brian Michael Bendez, the writer were at. And, uh, so you'll see on here that they get, they both got signed at the same time. And if you take that barcode and you type it into the census, you would be able to see, uh, that it, that uh, the same information. So it'll, it'll tell you when it's dated, when it got signed uh, and that how, and how many of these books are out there that are similar to this one and at that grade. So that's kind of a cool thing about the, um, the census. Um, now we talked about the, the uh, CGC witnesser having to be uh, present at the time of the signature. The cool thing about another company, CBCS, is that they will take your book and for a, a small fee, they will look at the signature, evaluate it, and be able to authenticate it. Um, typically, this takes a little bit longer for them to, um, to do, depending on the age of the book, depending on the condition of the book, it might get sent out 
uh, sooner than later. Um, typically for CGC, you got wait times from anywhere between three to six months. And when we're in the busy time of the year, like the convention, the convention times of the year, uh, that, that timeline could be even longer for a book to come back out and, uh, and be returned to you. So another example of a CGC book is this green labeled CGC qualified grade. A qualified grade means that there's something missing to the book. Um, in the example of um, Incredible Hulk, uh, the first appearance of Wolverine, there are uh, stamps in there where uh, authenticity authenticity stamps where people would cut those out and collect them. So if this was that book, it would state missing missing the, uh, the the Marvel stamp does not does not hinder the book or does not hinder the storyline, I should say. And that's really important because in the case of that first appearance of Wolverine with how important Wolverine is to Marvel, um, it could really drive down the price if something like that was taken from the book. Also, we, uh, you could still send a non- witnessed cg uh non-witness signatured uh signed book to uh cgc but it will also come back with this green label and instead of saying signed by stan lee for example it will say has the markings of the name stan lee written in marker uh across it and that doesn't make it any less real but what cgc is stating is that they have no way of truly uh, knowing if Stan Lee signed that book. And unfortunately, in the case of Stan Lee, uh, there's been many fakes throughout the year, the years, but um, it's just one more level of their process to guarantee that you're going to get the best product back after, after um, the grading process. And again, uh, this could be, uh, this label could be given to a book that has uh multiple damages to it. It just really depends. It takes that qualified uh, CGC witnesser to, um, or evaluator, I should say, to uh, really scrutinize the book and make sure that no other things have happened to it over time. Another episode, another example of a CGC book is this restored purple label. The restored label gives, um, gives evidence of repairs. So uh, sometimes people will try to brighten the colors of the book to make it look newer and fresher and hoping that they would uh, get a better product. Well, even if you take it to someone to get fixed, you're still going to um, get this purple label. And basically the things that they do to it is there's a, a different grading scale that they use they still use a 10 point scale but they give uh, an abbreviated uh grade to it too as to what uh repairs were made so there's an aesthetic scale that's done through an abc uh grading scale and it determines the materials used and visual quality of the work so they they look at the extent of the uh, repairs or restoration that was done to the book and see how well that was done. And if it was done 
pretty well, then you would get an A rating on them. The other uh, scale that they use is a quantity, uh, quality scale. I'm sorry, a quantity scale. And that goes from a one to five rating system. And that determines the extent of the piece fill, uh, filled and color touches. So um, going through the book, looking how many times they had to uh, add color, add ink, or add whatever materials that they needed to to uh, fix this book. And then you would get a, uh, a grade on that as well. And when you're looking for a comic book to, uh, to maybe purchase that's already graded, these purple and green labels are less sat, uh, sought after. And they're also, they also drive the value of these books down. Um, that doesn't make the book any less important, but most collectors want that uh, blue or yellow label. And that brings up a conversation of, should a book be graded? Um, if the imperfections are too crazy, it may not be worth your time and money that you're going to spend to get this graded. If the book is completely torn up and it's missing pieces and it's missing pages, it's probably not a good idea to get these uh, that particular book graded. So uh, it might just be a, it better just to keep it raw and kind of keep it as a keepsake if it was an important book to you. But if you're looking to sell it, a lot of times the purple and green labels do not pull the same as uh, a book that gets the blue label or the yellow label. Um, a, an example, though, of a book, even if it was severely damaged, whether it was restored or if it uh, goes under the qualified green label, is an example would be like the first appearance of Wolverine. Because that book is so important, you might still want to get it graded even if you're missing that Marvel authenticity stamp that's inside of it because of the importance of the book. But if it's any back issue book and it was severely damaged and it's a small appearance of somebody, it may not be worth your money because you'll be spending anywhere from $60 and up to get books graded. And even if you got it signed, there's still a small fee to um, get it witnessed and get the signature uh, auth uh, uh, authenticated. So those are a couple things that you need to think about. If it were up to me, focus on your blue and yellow labels. Those are the ones that are going to bring you the bang for your buck, but they're also going to be the more expensive of the, of the graded books. Um, if it's a super old book with a really important appearance, such as the first appearance of Wolverine, it might be worth your money if you're willing to, uh, Take the grade that it's at and the label, but at least you have that first appearance. Um, in the case of a lot of other uh, books out there, maybe like the first appearance of Iron Man, it's important. It's an important book and it's really hard to find. So if it's a decent price, at least you have the book. Um, and that's that's a, a good way to kind of go about uh, deciding if you should go to those green or purple labels when purchasing a book is if it's an important um, character, important event that happened. And that would be a good way for you to decide if you want to get that book. So an another label that we can talk about is this gold prestige label. And basically what this is, is if a book has the um 
if it if it qualifies as prestige what that means is it had to be a part of an original collection and that book had to be bought off the newsstand when the book released uh, a lot of these books are super old and they are have to be made of a vintage uh material they also must be con- uh consist of a considerable number of comics so what that means is uh, in the case of this planet uh planets comic number seven you would have to have the entire run of this of this um series and you would take that important book and if you were the only owner and you bought it off of the newsstand and it qualifies that it has vintage materials um and it, it qualifies at a high grade you may be able to get the this uh prestige label but again you have to have um you have to have it bought off the newsstand it has to be a vintage material you have to have a considerable amount of comics that this book was a part of um so not only just the series that it was released with but thousands of other books that qualify that might qualify as prestige as well the uh and then again it has to have a high grade and that's one of the important things if you have a book that's severely damaged and it um comes back as a lower grade chances are you probably will not get this prestige another label we're going to look at is in no grade so it's still a blue label but this is for books that are maybe missing covers or they're missing a part of the interior pages um and it's verified as authentic so if a considerable amount of a book is missing instead of maybe getting the qualified label the green label you would get a no grade um an example of this would be maybe if you had the first appearance of Batman and uh, you don't have the entire book, but you or you don't have the the cover page of the rest of the book, then the this um, then this grade would be given a no grade. But again, in the case of the first appearance of Batman, it might be worth getting that non-covered book graded because of the importance of that character another example would be the first appearance of spider-man maybe you are missing um portions of the book but because the significance of spider-man in marvel comics it it's still worth possibly getting it graded you're of course you're not going to pull that 15 to twenty thousand price tag that it goes for sometimes but you know it might be a hundred dollar book or a two hundred dollar book, which still might be worth your while to still have a first appearance of Spider-Man. And CGC offers uh, a bunch of different types of uh, labels besides the ones we just discussed. There is um, a label that you um, you can uh, get just the uh, cover graded, and it'll come back with its own set of criteria of of uh of the condition of that book so what i would suggest is if you are wanting to get a book graded then really think about your investment again you're going to be spending 60 60 and up and then you're going to be waiting months depending on how old your book is and 
how severely damaged it is. And then of course, waiting in the line of the books that came before you. And uh, sometimes it could be a very long process and it's a risk. Uh, sometimes it might be worth keeping a book raw instead of getting it graded because if if the difference of a really expensive book is a tenth of a point, then that could be the difference of hundreds of dollars and a hundred dollars. And I've seen that before, um, back before Carnage was as popular as he is now. Sometimes it was just better to sell the book at a fifty to seventy, eighty dollar range instead of getting it graded, it coming back as a lower grade, and then not even be able to get that. 50 to $70 uh, price tag on it. Um, if it's a first appearance, I would definitely consider getting it graded depending on the first appearance. If it was the first appearance of a character like Echo from uh, Daredevil, I probably wouldn't get it get that one graded even if she appeared in MCU just because the significance of her and the significance of how many people know about her is not that good but in the case of um certain breakout characters like the winter soldier at the time that's that would be an interesting book maybe to look at getting graded and again think about those two reasons is the book important to you does it have some kind of sentimental um uh value to you that where you just want to get it graded to preserve then maybe it's worth your time maybe you're you'll get the investment back of the money that you put into it or are you trying to flip it? And in that case, you need to look at prices and really think about the condition of your book and see if it's worthy of being graded. And at this time, we want to thank our friends over at Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring this episode of Collecting Comics. You could find them on Instagram at Watto Scrapyard and on Facebook and eBay. They make 3D printed parts for hard to come by Kenner and Hasbro vehicles, as well as resin resin painted head sculpts of dozens of different characters in the star wars universe if you don't see a character you like on their instagram send them a message and they can get it designed and printed for a reasonable fee so these are two examples of resources that you could use to help decide if you should get a book graded the first resource is a book called the overstreet guide to guide to grading comics and basically what this book does is it goes over the criteria for for a book that qualifies for the grade it gets so if you had a book that was graded at maybe a 5.0 then you would um you would look at that criteria and it actually shows you pictures of why that book would get a 5.0 so does it have a crease that measures at a certain length does it have a rip? Um, are the pages foxed? And foxing is more of a uh, a redding or oranging of the paper with little dots around it. And that happens uh, mainly because of the paper that was used uh, back in the day, this uh, really acidic style paper. Um, and over time, when it's uh, exposed to different types of heat or different times of weather, uh, you might see some foxing. But if you're interested in learning how to grade a book yourself, this is a great start. This over uh, this Overstreet guide to uh, guide to grading comics, and again, it shows different examples of what a 9.8 would look like, or what a um, one uh, 1.0 would look like, and it would give you the criteria, the measurements, 
of why it would grade at that um, that uh, that grading point. Another resource you could use is this Overstreet comic uh, comic book price guide. And basically, what this does is it's a huge encyclopedia of books that were created from any genre uh, or publication, and it assigns them a price tag uh, at the point of what it would be graded at raw. So if you had a regular comic book and you were thinking about getting it graded and uh, you were wanting to see the value of it, basically you would look up that book alphabetically um, like you would in a dictionary or an encyclopedia. And when you find that book, you would scroll over to the right a little bit and you'll start seeing point values or dollar values. And you would basically kind of find the grade that you thought it was at um, using the price, uh, the uh, using the guidebook of grading comics that um, explains what, what each book would be graded at due to the uh, imperfections. And that would be the value. The um, downside a lot of times to using this uh, comic book price guide is it's not always accurate. By the time the book released, which um, at the time of the viewing or recording of this um, of this uh, this particular episode, the book came out about two weeks ago, and it was a review of the books from that point and before that. And a lot of times, books will fluctuate, but by the time this uh, this price guide is released. But it's for older books, it's still a really good resource to kind of give a range of what what that book would uh, would go for. Because a lot of times you don't see some of these older books on eBay. You don't see them um, out in the market. And this would be a really good option for you if you're if you're into those gold silver age books to um, to pick up to kind of understand the value of the books. When I purchase this book, I mainly use it for the description that it gives of the book. So in the uh, case of our Incredible Hulk book, uh, the first appearance of uh, first comic book appearance of Rocket Raccoon, I would I would use it as a resource to uh, learn more about the book as opposed to taking the number that it says in the book for a price tag. <clears throat> and that's a great thing about the Overstreet Price Guide is that you're not sure of the history of a book. Well, look it up alphabetically, and I'll give you a short description. First appearance of this, appearance of the Avengers, appearance of Batman, or appearance of the Joker. And then it would also give the year. A lot of times books are so overly printed and they go back to uh, issue number ones, and it's hard to figure out where it might fall in continuity. Well, this is what that will do because it will go by series, by volume, and you would be able to find that book in your uh, price guide. And again, uh, this is, they're just resources. If you don't, if you don't want to pick these up, you don't have to, but it's, it would be good to keep in a collection if, especially if you're going to start, uh, if you're going to start looking at how to grade a comic, what, uh, and the, the good thing about the, the guide for grading comics is when you go to a shop, you can now have some knowledge of, well, I think it's this great. And sometimes, sometimes it might work in your favor where you would um, get a lower price on a book because you're able to be like, well, there's a crease here and the crease here. And 
this and that, and it might drive the price down a little bit for you in your favor. And then again, with the Overstreet um, price guidebook, just using it as a reference, not necessarily um, a solid number for a price, because again, these books do fluctuate. And if it's uh, a first appearance of an important character or maybe someone who's coming out in a movie, then those prices are going to fluctuate daily at some uh, sometimes. And it's not going to be as accurate as uh, you would want it. So now we're going to uh, look at some more books. So we always want to talk about uh, books where you could start uh, start jumping into comics with and uh, maybe starting your own collection, finding some heroes that you like. Um, I'm a huge fan of Thanos. And when it comes to Thanos books, I always pick them up. He's always a fan favorite. He makes for a really good story. And uh, this particular Thanos book came out in 2018. And I would have, I argued at the time that it was the best book out in the market uh, in that year. This Thanos book was really good. And the first 12 issues, they were, they were pretty decent. It was a really great story, but it didn't start picking up until the next issue, the Thanos 13, which is the first appearance of the cosmic ghost Rider. And um, basically starting with issue number one, Thanos is really sick. Something has happened to his powers and he's looking at a way to get them back. And um, over time, he starts looking for uh, different uh, celestial entities that will help him get his powers back and so on. But again, the book really doesn't pick up until uh, issue 13. And this story arc was called Thanos Wins. And basically, the, st uh, the storyline was Thanos got his powers back. He was ready to get back to the fighting and taking over worlds and things like that. And then he finds himself wanting to be the champion and wanting to be the best like he always did, but he's fighting uh, these creatures and people in this huge arena. And then out of nowhere, the cosmic ghost rider comes swooping in and he was, uh, he's a still a very popular character uh, right now and basically takes him back he takes him into the future where he meets his older self. And um, I don't want to give too much of this book away, but it's, it's really, really, really good. If you have the chance to pick up at least issues 13 to, I think it goes to 17 or 18, you need to at least get that story arc of the Thanos wins. Um, it, it leads us into the infinity wars storyline and, um, it's kind of funny because Thanos is bragging at the beginning of that book about uh, I'm going to be the best and it's inevitable that in the future I win everything. And if you've read Infinity Wars after that, you kind of you kind of know what happens to Thanos from there. But um, this is a really good example of a storyline to jump into if you're just getting started if you're a fan of thanos if you liked him in the movies this is a really good representation of some of the craziness that he did uh um, in more recent years another story that i really appreciated was jonathan hickman's um infinity storyline and i talked about it a little bit in uh, the previous episode but this book is part of what the mcu pulled from for the infinity war movie. So this is in this storyline, 
this uh, six issue storyline, this is where you get the Black Order, the first appearance of. And actually, if you want the true first appearance of Corvius Glaive, you need to look for the free comic book day version of this Infinity storyline because that actually came out before the actual story did. And it basically kind of goes into um, the uh, Thanos. He's uh, what he calls raising everybody. And basically that just means everybody or uh, what in this case he was uh, killing the children so that no one could uh, ever rise up and try to take him on. And it was only certain civilizations. And if the civilization wanted to survive, he would, he would ask for all the firstborns and uh, he would basically take care of them. And all the while, while this is going on, there's another group called the beyonders who are uh, destroying planets and they're going from planet to planet and uh, they have their sights set on earth. And basically what happens is um, the Avengers go to help some of these planets and uh, they find themselves out in, in these space battles and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. Well, Thanos finds this as his opportunity to go and um, conquer earth. And basically what he'll do is he'll send his black order to um, do his bidding in these different cultures, like the, with the inhumans in Wakanda and in uh, other places. And um, the Avengers eventually find out about this and they're having to rush back uh, from space and to help go fight the black order and uh, fight Thanos. And it ends up being a really good book. And then um, Jonathan Hickman continues to write his new Avengers and Avengers book, which eventually leads us into secret wars um, and kind of the collapse of Marvel comics um, at the time where they basically started everything fresh again um, and brought out uh, their new Avengers that they had with like uh, uh, Hercules and Kamala Khan and all these other characters that might've been in the, um, the ultimate universe, like uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man and brought them into the current universe. Um, but it's a really good book. It's a really good way to start out if you like the cosmic stuff. Um, and I would I would highly suggest either of these two books. When I was working at the comic book store, I would always recommend uh, that Thanos Wins storyline to start off with um, if you're just starting out with your collection. Another book, oh, I'm sorry. This book right here, The Black Vortex, was actually our uh, name that comic book from our last episode. And Danny Lee got it right again. Um, the Black Vortex was a book that was mainly about um, you look into the to this through this mirror, and when you do, it presents you as your best self. And uh, characters kind of had a moral a moral um, choice to make if they wanted to see their best self and be changed, or if they want to stay the way they were. And sometimes it could be for the best, and sometimes it could be for the worst. But this was our um, our comic our name this comic uh from last week and for this week this is our name a uh, name that comic this is actually a first appearance of a certain character and i want to see if you guys can figure out whose first appearance is in this book and what book is it so you have captain america on the cover and it looks as if he's throwing a shield and fighting a huge robot i want you in the comments to tell me what book it is, 
what number the book is and who is the first appearance in this book. And as always, we'd like to thank our Patreons for supporting our channel and uh, supporting all of the shows that are in the Collecting Weekly Network. Uh, so we would like to thank Ben Porter, Griffin Campbell, Sean Fear, Ian Seabee, Renee Mendez, Eric Mer- uh, Marisol, Quinn uh, Aguirre, Dan Lee, Deanie Martin, Stephen Crent, uh, Jason Nelson, Big Fern, King Zachary V, uh, Caesar Mar- uh, Marroquin, Eric Ruiz, Mario Cortez, Stephen Percha, Sean uh, Yotzi, Scott Bradley, and Jesse Contreras. Again, thank all of you for uh, supporting us and this channel for collecting weekly and for collecting comics and all the other shows that are in our network. And if you want to be uh, considered certified crispy, this is our August giveaway sticker, our uh, certified crispy bacon sticker. It's a real, it's a really fun sticker to add to your collection. And if you would like to become one of our Patreons, we have two options, the sweet angel it's $5 a month and our certified or our, our crispy, which is $15 a month. And then we would like to um, shout out the rest of our shows on Collecting Weekly. Collecting Weekly is Collecting Weekly and After Dark are our weekly shows. Small Talk, Only Fools in Collecting. Uh, collecting Comics are our bi weekly shows. Live and Let Dice, uh, Collecting Rarities, and Creeps Are Us are our monthly our monthly shows. And again, I'd like to thank you for tuning into this episode of collecting comics. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out through um, the comments or through the Facebook page. And I'd be more than happy to uh, talk comic books with you guys. Uh, Once again, guys, my name's Sean, and this is collecting comics.